This goes to all my hustlers, entertainers, and of course, athletes in the struggle. Y'all don't make a little. Yo, 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 some get a little, some get none. Shit. Some get a little, some get none. Shit. I'm a part of the some get none, boy. Yo, once again, we here for another episode. Um, I'll be having the games playing while I'm recording. This won't be. This will be a quick one. Uh, we're gonna get right to it. It's really just an episode about my bold. I, I want to say bold predict, predictions, but I don't know really if it is. But my um, my picks for the first round of this playoffs, and also who I got winning um, these NBA awards. They they just announced the finalists for these awards. Um, but once again, it is I. The Spain, the host of this podcast, Sports Talk with the Spain. Um, thanks to everybody that subscribed to the YouTube or has uh, subscribed to my Spotify. Much appreciated. Uh, continue to share, like, and share, um, and subscribe and play. Absolutely play an episode. I mean, the first 10 seconds is a fire song, by the way. Uh, and then I'm going to have a, I'm going to have something you want to hear. Come on now. Like some of y'all don't even get into sports, so you might want to get to know some, what's going on for the most part. And some of you just probably want to hear somebody talk about something without being part of a big program with a, a, you know, production crew that has an agenda to skew your opinion or give you a reason to debate about stuff that don't mean nothing or matter. Um, aside, uh, I mean, whatever. At this point, you know, I've said what I said about how I feel about like the big wigs that have their little crew talk about whatever they, they whatever they know that's gonna make y'all go crazy. Um, but I ain't the type to be like having a podcast to get people to go crazy, like saying some wild shit. Like you either gonna fuck with me or you you ain't, and that's cool. Um, so whatever, at this point, we're just going to get right into it. Uh, right now we have a series going on right now. One of them just kicked off and it's the Philadelphia 76ers versus the Nets. Um, before this, before this game started, I had the, the Sixers winning and, uh, I have them winning in the gentleman's sweep. And for those who don't know what a gentleman's sweep is, that's, uh, basically winning four out of five games. Technically, that happens normally when um, one one team like the Sixers wins like at least the first three games or the first three out of four and then takes care of business game five to close it out. Um, right now, the score is 112 to 94. You know, they're about to have a, a pretty much a 20-point lead. I think they did at one point. Um, I have, I had the Sixers winning this series. I, I'm not going to say it was, it's going to be super easy. Uh, the Nets might grab one from home just cause the home crowd and whatnot. And I'm also not, I would, I'm also not going to be surprised if they get swept. Um, it's not, it has nothing to do with the Nets. It more has to do with Philly. They, they're on a mission. Um, a lot of people, a lot of, uh, people outside of Philadelphia have no faith in them. 
sealing the deal in the next round or any or even getting any closer to the finals um they more than likely have the mvp of this nba season on their team they have a future hall of famer with james harden uh you know they have some complimentary pieces on that team that could make them very dangerous but you know you can't blame how people feel or speak on them because you know we f- it feels like Doc Rivers is just a cursed coach. Like once he got his success with the Celtics, and let's not go crazy talking about well he can't coach big name players. He he coached three Hall of Famers, and he's gonna go in the Hall of Fame. We we can't debate that. That's not gonna be a debatable thing. You could have that debate amongst your boys drinking Heinekens or smoking hookah, whatever the fuck y'all be doing over there nowadays. That's not a debate. Let's not do that. Like we we could speak on the now. Like he's not as good as he been portrayed as um, as a coach. But um, and I, I made a comment earlier uh, that his legacy's on the line. I, I was I was talking shit. His legacy's not on the line, but it, it can be in question by based on who you're speaking to. Um, but I don't think he's gonna need to worry too much about that. He's solidified. But the issue is he he never made it back to the promised land with any other team. He had all-star rosters with the Clippers, obviously an all-star roster with the 76ers. Um, the Orlando team he had, I don't know who was on that team at the time when he won coach of the year, but that was a team that even make that that didn't even make the playoffs. Um, and he was coach of the year for that team. Um <clears throat> They. This is a big series for him. This is a big series for Joel Embiid and his, um, his goals, what he's looking to do. And I think this is a big series for James Harden as well. Like I think a person, a player like him, is looking to change the narrative. A lot of people, and I think he's one of the better, the best guards we've seen in this era. Um, it's just that we're very spoiled by. <laughs> the Steph Curry's of the worlds and the Dame Lillards of the worlds and all these other guys that you know, you know they they've. I, let me not say Dame Dame Lillard hasn't succeeded anything yet, but he's just. I think just because he's such a, his personality is just who it what it is. He, he's not. You can't phase him. He's been in big game situations and step up and made it there. Made it interesting in most series. Um, he's just a dangerous player. James Harden comes off as that guy who, once the playoffs start, you don't rec- you don't realize he's there anymore because it seems like he disappears. And I'm, you know, I, I'm not gonna give him a hard time. The the franchises like Houston gave him players that just didn't mesh with him well. And I feel like right now where he is with Philly and with him and Embiid, I think that's a good mix. Um, he's playing a true point guard position. Um, and he, he's sticking to the role that Doc has given him. And this is probably the first time I've seen Doc really coach up a, a point guard and not have any issues because we've seen it before. Like, you know, buttonheads with Chris Paul, buttonheads with, uh, with um, Rajon Rondo, uh, you know, buttonheads with Ben Simmons. You know what I'm saying? He's buttonheads with a bunch of point guards. Um, but James Harden seems like it's it's been a, a good match between the two of them. But um, 
I think the keys to the series for um, the Sixers will be that he, speaking of um, James Harden, he needs to be the one to step up and actually take ownership of what his role is and take over some games, especially when Embiid is sitting down. He needs to be that guy. He needs to be that person that um, holds the fort um, during those periods of time Um, because he has the ability to do it. Um, We know that. We don't have to question that whatsoever. Um, But it will be an interesting series to watch. Uh, It's going to be fun to watch how the Nets play. They're going to give some – they're going to have some spurts where they're, they're going to be very tough to, to you know, they're going to have some tough moments in the games where they're going to have some good runs, but it's going to be too much, man. Like, Embiid is is a force in himself, and, you know, when that when the Sixers do what they did today where they had about five different guys scoring the double figures with three of them being over 20-plus points, I don't think you're going to beat them. I'm speaking on the Nets. Like, I don't think you're going to beat them. Um, the score ended at 121-101. Clearly beat them by 20. So that was like an easy game for the Sixers. Um, they probably don't even feel too happy about the result because they they should have probably beat them by 30. That's how bad the game was for the Nets. Um, but, but yeah, so that was game one today. Um, there's three more games today on Saturday I'm recording. Um, we also have four more games starting tomorrow. The other games are, um, the Celtics hosting the Hawks. Uh, we have, uh, Cleveland Knicks, which is my favorite series of this, of this whole playoffs. Um, they're playing at six today. And then we have, um, the Kings, uh, going, uh, hosting the Golden State Warriors. This, that's, that's the interesting part. The, The Golden State Warriors are being hosted by, the Kings, and uh, we'll talk. We'll talk more about that in a bit. But moving forward, uh, our beloved Boston Celtics—they um, will be playing uh, the Atlanta Hawks. I got the I got the Celtics in like four or five, um, and and that's with them. Even if they're they struggle a little bit, they have. I think the difference between the team we have this season versus last season is that when there's moments where When there's moments when Marcus Smart can't finish or Robert Williams III is not available, I think they could overcome this time. Um, last year uh, in the playoffs, there was moments where those guys were either inconsistent or just not playing at all. They couldn't overcome whatsoever. And then Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown had to do too much than, too much more than they had to do. Um, which I think they can handle that regardless. But, you know, for a team that's very well built together and kind of live off the same, you know, they all move as a, as a well-oiled machine. Um, they Their cohesiveness helps them stick to the game plan. Um, but they cannot get to... They can't get it. They cannot get into bad habits. They cannot allow, you know, situations where Murray and Trey Young decide to have the best games of their careers. That's it. And then here's the thing: Trey Young is 
It's not like he's never been in playoff moments. It's not like he's never been in a hostile environment. We've seen him do what he did to the Knicks. You cannot allow that young man to do damage. And even if he does, I, I don't, I'm not saying the Celtics will struggle in the series because he does. It's just that you don't want to let momentum swing too much. Like you just gotta you just gotta keep the the foot on the gas pedal against a team like this. Like, and I meant to start this whole thing, this whole segment segment like this. Teams like the Celtics, the Bucks, uh Golden State, even though they're the sixth seed, Denver, and maybe even Philly, have been on cruise control for at least two and a half months. Let's be let's be real. Let's be real. Like they haven't, they have played some competitive games, but you know, the way the NBA is set up, like this the load management, the seedings were pretty much legit one through six in the East. The East was kind of locked in. Um, I think, you know, the sixth seed was kind of jumping around a little bit, but it was kind of at least one through five was locked in. So those teams were locked in for about a month and a half now. Um, for seeding. Um, as far as the West goes, there was a lot of flipping around between, you know, five, six, and seven, and eight, or five, six, the uh, seeds five and six. But one through four was kind of like solidified in a way. Like that was kind of like we already knew what we we're going to see. With the, we knew those teams were in. So most teams were in cruise control. Like they were just managing their way so they can not be hurt be in the correct seating that feels comfortable for them. Because if I'm, <laughs> you'd be surprised. Some teams would more than likely uh, rather lose and lose a seed just to play a certain team than to be the highest seed and play a certain team. Um, with that said, uh, I don't think that's the case with the Celtics. The Celtics really kind of like came down to the, came down to the point where they were like struggling at some points, which they lost that first seed by doing so. So that's unfortunate. But either way, not to, it's not a big deal. I think they could t handle business um, against Atlanta as long as they stay the course. Uh, I, I don't see any issues there. The key to the series will be the new guys, uh, Coach Missoula, um, Malcolm Brogdon, um, Hauser, those type of dudes, um, they got to step up. And because they're, they're, they're the, they're the they are the difference that the difference that they didn't have. Like Missoula can't make the same mistakes that Eme made, right? Um, not the same Eme made a lot of mistakes, but when it mattered, they needed the right move to be made out of a timeout or you know the right lineup out there, depending on what had happened during the game uh, when momentum was killed. Or when momentum's being gained, you know what I mean. Um, Brogdon was brought in to be the sixth man, meaning he, he gives you that extra jolt of offense off the bench. Um, more, you know, he he'll be got he'll be the first one out there with Derek White um, off the bench to you know replace Robert Williams a third or whomever else. And they give that team, a, a, they get a little bit small, but they give they spread the court better with those two guys on, in there. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, like if, you know, Smart is not all there offensively, you know, that gives them an opportunity to switch them out. But 
Missoula is the key, man. I think for the Celtics to go as far as that, as far as a lot of us believe they can, he would have to be, he's going to be the key. He can't, can't get out coached by these other coaches. And it's, you know, it's, 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 it's tough. Like he's a rookie coach. He's been in the league for a while. He knows, obviously he knows what he's doing. He wouldn't have gotten the interim tag removed, but there's, there's, it's a chess match, man. Like you can't, you know, for for a lot of folks that sit there and say, like, what's a need of a coach? Like, the need of the coach is that they coach up the role players. They they coach up their star players during practice, but the role players, they coach them up even more during the game. Or they make the right adjustment in who they bring out of a timeout, who they're subbing in, when to take a timeout. You know what I mean? When to check your players when they're going over, a little overboard with arguments and, you know, getting ahead of themselves or, you know, you know, just making sure they make the right play call if they're playing half-court basketball. You know what I'm saying? I think he's going to be playing big key when it comes to them extending the playoffs. Um, they're talented enough to beat all the teams that are in the Eastern Conference. But again, like last season, they're their own enemy. They'll be they did for that if they were to lose, they would be beating themselves. So either way, we could get more into, you know, possibilities of what may or may not happen to the Celtics in the playoffs. But um I got them winning in four or five games. Um if they get to five, that's just because Atlanta found a way to beat them in a shootout. Um both teams shooting the three like crazy because Atlanta can't can't guard for shit in the perimeter. Um, their inside defense, their inside game on offense and the defensive end is pretty damn decent. But I think the Celtics could expose that because they did that all season. So um, we got the Celtics in about five games, at least, at least four, at the very most five. Uh, moving on, uh, Cleveland going to the to New well, New, I believe Cleveland's hosting New York. Yeah, Cleveland's hosting New York. This is probably my favorite series of the whole entire playoffs, to be honest with you. Both teams have a lot of energy. They got the star power on both ends. Um, it's going to be a battle. I think this is one of those series that might go seven. Um, I'm I'm excited to watch Spider Mitchell. He's one of my favorite players to watch. Um, I'm excited to see Jalen Brunson in this in this big in, when his first Madison Square Garden game. I'm excited to watch that. Julius Randle has a lot to prove. He's coming back from injury. Um, both teams are have like what you would want from a team, like the right amount of bigs, the right amount of shooting. Um, pretty decent on defense. Uh, just you know, a nitty gritty type of team. Bunch of grinders. Um, it's a toss up for me who I would go, <laughs> who I would pick for this, but. My gut is telling me Cleveland. Um, my t- my gut is telling me Cleveland in seven. Uh, this, like I said, it's gonna be fun to watch. I I'm, I don't have, you know, I don't I don't really have any any side that I'm rooting for more than the other. But my gut is telling me Cleveland here. I think the key to this series would be how the star the stop the star power. Uh, you know, Brunson, Randall. Um, same goes for Cleveland with, you know, Spider Mitchell. Uh, you know, they just got a lot of 
guys that have something to prove, have had great seasons. A lot of complimentary role players are a little bit closer to being a star than a role player. Um, so it's going to be fun to watch. I, I'm very interested to see how a lot of these guys respond in the big scene. Um, I hadn't watched a lot of Knicks games. I did watch a few Cleveland Cavalier games, but you know the Knicks have possibly the six man of the year quickly. I, I I'll get into that. Who I think is going to win it, in my personal opinion, um, R.J. Barrett. You know, young cat. You know, the expectations are always high for him. So we'll see how he does in the in the playoff series. Uh, two years removed from the last time New York New York Knicks were there. And um, but of course with Cleveland, uh having guys like um Evan Mobley, second year man, uh, you know, Darius Garland, like young cats, like these guys were actually in the playing, I believe, last season. So now it's like this is a little different. They're actually in it. And they got a they actually got a superstar in Donovan Mitchell that could kind of get them over the hump. So it's gonna be fun to watch. I'm interested to see how it goes with this series. I'm sure a lot of people are as well. New York, the New <laughs> the New York Knicks fans. I'm 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 very interested to see how they respond to this series because if it's anything as it, it was when they go went against the Atlantic Hawks, I'm all in. I'm all in to watch how that goes. Um, but to conclude the Eastern Conference, um, the Milwaukee Bucks are hosting the Miami Heat. I'm sorry, folks. I know a lot of people were like feeling a little butthurt in, in Celtics Nation when people were saying, yeah, the Celtics do not want to see the Miami Heat because it's going to be a tough series. I wholeheartedly agreed to that 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 logic because, only because, not because of last season, only because how this Heat team is built is built to make you make you work for what you need to get. And I don't think the Celtics need a team on like a like a Miami Heat to work them through a first round. Like that's that's just too much. Like they went through that battle. I think both teams would be in their heads because of what happened last season. Nah, I don't think the Celtics needed that matchup. The Atlanta matchup was the dream matchup that I was hoping them to get just cuz it's a little bit easier to deal with and it's also like the perfect team to get you in a good shooting rhythm because they don't play pretty good defense at all. Um and with that said, I don't it doesn't to me I don't see I don't see the Heat really competing with the Bucks. I'm sorry. I know a lot of y'all want to want to say that the 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 matchups in favor of Miami or they want to say, you know, whatever they want to whatever you're trying to do to convince yourself that Miami's going to go any further than 5 games and win in that series, go for it. As a matter of fact, you know, mobile betting is live in Massachusetts. Go ahead and find yourself go, go on your mobile app Make that bet. If you if you think, if you truly believe the Miami Heat will win this series, put your money where your mouth is and prove me wrong because I don't believe it. I can see it as a gentleman's sweep as well. Um, I'm sorry, folks. Like we could try, we could try to convince ourselves that eighth seed, the eighth seeds on both ends are going to be competitive. Like they had to battle to be an eighth seed. Like they had to play two extra games in a in a in a little tournament to make it to the eighth seed, and you think they're gonna have enough energy to finish a seven game series against the best team in the NBA? Sure, why not? Go for it. Like I said, mobile bet. Find your favorite, place that bet for me, and tell me how it goes. 
I'm not gonna even tell you what the key of this series is because it's, it's you know what it is. Let's be honest. Like, let's not let's not play dumb. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, we also have in the Western Conference, at least for today, we have the Golden State Warriors going to the Kings, like I mentioned. More than likely, the coach of the year is gonna be Mike Brown. He's coached that team up to be in a three seed this season. One of the better offenses in the league as well with Sabonis and Fox and, um, you know, Harrison Barnes. Uh, they got some guys there that that can compete. A young team, for sure. There's going to be some Sacramento versus the Bay Area smoke going on at that moment. And it's going to be fun to watch. Um, but do I think the Kings will shock the world? I don't. Th- I have a hard time believing it. I I can't. I can't. I can't see it. Uh, Golden State is really like. Golden State has really gone through this whole season just cruising. Like I said, cruise control. Right. They were literally in cruise control with their foot, one foot on the steering wheel, and one foot on the e brake. <laughs> Excuse me. One hand on the e brake, one foot on the steering wheel. Like they're just trying to figure it out. They were just trying to stay steady and not get off course, but also, you know, not really like go too fast. Like take it easy. You know what I'm saying? Let's not get too, let's not go too crazy because we don't want to get hurt. Uh, Let's just uh, be steady. Uh, Let's just keep this six seed because we ain't trying to be in no playing. And as long as we don't get that, that playing uh, birth, then we good. Whoever we see first is going to feel the raft. And, um, Sorry to say, y'all, like this is they they might be the team to beat out the West still. Uh they went what about 30, 30 plus games without Wiggins. And as whatever you want to say about that, if you if you don't think Wiggins is a huge part of what they do, I mean you're I think you're wrong. Um I think their bench is better than it was last season. You know what I mean? Um they still have the best, one of the best point guards. Two two guards in the league. <laughs> the Splash Bros are back. Like they officially are back to what they was before, you know, Thompson tore his Achilles. So it's like, or tore his knee up first and then his Achilles. So with that said, the keys to the game here would be who who's gonna play the better defense. Obviously, Golden State is the better defensive team, but both teams can shoot the lights out and their high-scoring teams. Who's going to win the chess match between Mike Brown and Steve Kerr? Because we know like Mike Brown came from that system. He was an assistant coach throughout those all those NBA championships that the Golden State Warriors won. So he he definitely, you know, he, he got some stuff from that system. But if it's any team that can play chess with him, it would be his former team. So it's going to be fun to watch how that goes down with, between the – those two teams, um, I, I got the Golden State Warriors winning in six only because they're not a good road team. I would not be surprised if they lose game one. But um, this again, this is one of those series that's going to be fun to watch, just like the, the New York Knicks series with the Cleveland Cavs. So um, this will be fun to watch. Uh, moving on to tomorrow, most of tomorrow's games, uh, we have Denver Nuggets hosting Minnesota Timberwolves. I think that's going to be five games. Denver, 
I've seen a lot of people just trying to make that again another argument about a Nave seed with a lot of talent that could take them take them down to the wire. It's very possible. Don't get me wrong. And mind you, my picks are not like I am not the Mister Analytics. You know what I'm saying? I am not an AI. I am not a fucking you know. I'm not a playoff predictor. I don't got all those tools in my brain. I don't got a spreadsheet to give you a reason why. I've watched a lot of this, these basketball games throughout the year. I've studied a lot of stuff and focused on a lot of these teams and how they've played this season. Um, but to say that, you know, obviously Denver Nuggets are the most underwhelming team to to root for like there's nothing exciting about that you may not be a big joker fan um but he still has a chance to be a three-time back like a back-to-back-to-back mvp and would i be mad at that no do i think he deserves it no um i think it would be jojo but who's who knows we don't i'm not a voter um but um they, they that's still a pretty good team pretty well coached team as well and to say that, you know, just because Minnesota had to crawl and dig out of the play and, and suddenly now they're, the, they're a team that can compete against the number one seed in the NBA with the, the third best record in the league. Matter of fact, was leading most of the league in with the best, you know, record. I mean, that's I can't I think that's kind of crazy to think that. So give me Denver at five. Um, key to the series will be Nikelio. No, Jokic, he's gonna have to do his thing as a MVP, um, and he, he he's gonna have to do it in a in a in a much broader sense. Like he can't he can't just be his game needs to you know show out. It needs to be like it's noticeable. Like I feel like sometimes, and I and I that's why I feel a lot of people how they feel. I feel like when he plays, you don't even notice that he was effective. And it's and and that's fine, you know what I'm saying? Like he's a team guy. He he's he's effective more when the ball gets um, you know, distributed um amongst his teammates. He's not the focal point of the offense as far as scoring is concerned. He's more of the the facilitator. He's is everything centered around him, but he's not like the the he he may he may not be he's the most unselfish. He's like he's like LeBron James. In a sense, like he does a lot of what LeBron does, he just doesn't bring up the ball up the court. Like he he he'll set the he'll set the play up from the top of the key and and get himself involved, whether it be off with on the offensive glass or you know setting screens just to keep himself open. Like he does certain things in part of his game, which is kind of boring to a lot of people, but it's effective to his team. Hence the reason why he's the MV- he's been the MVP the last two seasons. So I think him being very much more involved and noticeable um, will play a huge part of how far this team goes in the in this in this playoffs and also this and how well they play in this series. Um, so that'll be interesting. Interesting to see. The only way I can see Minnesota really pushing this to the limit is if you know Carl Anthony Towns really is de- developing to be that guy and not getting himself in foul trouble, like really like putting up some crazy numbers and Rudy Gobert can silence 
how Jokic, 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 how, how do people say his last name? I'm going to look it up, but um, I'd rather call him the Joker. So most, <laughs> most people may, um, like most people know, like um, Gobert is a defensive, you know, one of the better defensive players in the league, like by, by far. And his rim protection is going to play a huge part of how well they play in this game. So we'll see. Uh, I got Denver in five, in five, so I'm not going to get caught up in that whole idea that they can't, they can't take care of business against this team. You can't say that. You can't. That's a. That's like, that's like sitting there and just having an uneducated, uneducated guess on something because you just look at a record and be like, well, or look at a stat. All you do, like some people just look at box scores and highlights in in a, in a in record and they make an assumption. They don't watch one game. They don't watch like they don't understand how a team operates their offense or their defense, but they know what their their favorite team, how their favorite team does it. So they compare their favorite team to that team and say, "Well, my favorite team does this well. That team doesn't do it well at all." So I don't see how what the hype is all about. Every every team runs their team differently. So let's not get into this whole idea of feeling like just because your team does it very well and another team doesn't doesn't mean that team that other team can't win games. They have every team makes it do their thing differently. You know what I mean? But anyways, um, that's my pick for that series. And then we got Clippers. We got Clippers Suns. Uh, this is. This is this sucks, man. Like I really want the Suns. I this I actually I'm sorry. I really want the Clippers to win this series, but it's not happening. No Paul George. Once again, this team is like hurt. Uh they have guys and they have they have a, a healthy Kawhi. They have a, a complimentary complimentary pieces all around him as well. But they I don't I can't really see them winning that series without Paul George. Um for if, if for if, all for nothing. I mean, you know, the Suns haven't lost with <laughs> KD in the lineup. So I don't know. Take it for what you want to take it, however you want to take it. I don't know. Is 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 that a good thing to y'all? Is that a bad thing? Um, and I only say, is it a bad thing? Like, is are we looking too into that, thinking that it matters? Like, I think it's a good thing. That means they have good cohesiveness as a as as a starting five. And I know the the argument is they have no bench. Maybe you don't need a really a, a huge bench or a great bench to be a successful, you know, championship team. You know, you may need just one or two guys that come off the bench and do something. That's kind of how the playoff um, rosters work. Uh, so, either way, uh, I I'm gonna have to go with the Suns. This might go six because the Clippers always find a way to make it real tough, one way or another. Um, I think the key of this game is, you know, the health of KD, the health of Kawhi, like how they match up in this series. Um, uh, funny enough, this is like a kind of a, the matchup we were hoping for when we had Golden State Toronto in the finals a few years ago. If that was if KD was going to be healthy, that would have been fun to watch them two guys go toe to toe. And this is our moment to finally see that. So, um, this is a very important 
playoffs for the Suns. Like uh, they they got some aging players. They got a, a good young superstar and with with Booker like and Aiton like this is, and they 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 really went all all in for KD. So they they really got to make it work. They really do. And I mean, this series is probably a perfect series for them to start it off because they finally have their whole you know unit together. Um, but we'll see how it goes, honestly. Um, but I like the Suns in six on this one for sure. Uh, and then probably one of the, the the series that a lot of folks are going to be focused on the most um, this first round will be the Grizzlies hosting the Lakers. Um, Hmm. Part of me really wants to see the Lakers win this series because uh, the bad boy Grizzlies, uh, they're, they're not very, <laughs> a lot of folks are probably not big fans of like, you know, all the Ja Morant stuff and the Dylan Brooks stuff and, you know, a lot of that. And they're a young team with a, with lots of confidence. So, and it's funny, like people like the underdogs, right? But they don't. They, but they don't like a, a a team or a player with uh, a lot of confidence. They feel like they, they people should be humble at all times. And it's like, listen, if you're really good at something, why not, you know, prove that or show that? Why do you have to be humble twenty four seven? Like, if you're good at something, then and you're getting paid to be good at something, then shit, talk your shit. But. I don't know, man. I got the Grizzlies in six, dog. I like. I I want to see the Lakers win this shit, this series, just because you know. I think all of us want to see more Braun in the in the playoffs, but it's just I don't know, man. It's just like when they, whenever I see the Lakers play like a young team, uh, and then also they played they just played in the playing a few days ago, like it's just too much, man. Like. The, the treading them t- tires are wearing off on like Anthony Davis and LeBron this season. Like anytime I see Anthony Davis on the ground, I'm like, damn, is this dude hurt again? Like I don't even know. And I've seen LeBron look like the 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 the, the fry lady at 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 your favorite you know fast food joint that's been working freaking twelve hours tired. He looked like the fry lady. He's had enough. He's tired. He's been. He's, too many minutes. <laughs> um, the Lakers had a great, you know, trade deadline. They brought a lot of good pieces. Um, but they still competed for a seventh seed. So it's like, I don't know. You know, Grizzlies, I think they were on autopilot for a while too, cruise control. They wasn't really, you know, saying they knew where they were going to be at. They knew they were going to be at least a, a, a two seed. You know, the only person they were, the only other reason they were they would be competing every evening was just to get that one seed when Denver was faltering towards the end of the season but they've been cruising they've been they've been cooling you know what I'm saying they have possibly the defensive player of the year on their team and one of the most electrifying players in the NBA um with John Morant so uh, you can give me the Grizzlies in six and of course we'll we'll revisit all this you know what I'm saying I might be wrong and I'm going to own up to my being wrong. Trust me. I'm not one of those people where if I'm wrong, I'm going to be super defensive. Like, you know, I'm like, you know what? I, you were right. You know what? I was wrong. So be it. 
I'm not a fucking computer. I don't know this shit. I can't predict the fucking future. I can only see from with the eye tests, you know what I'm saying? Watching these games, seeing this shit going going on. Like I could give you straight up shit from seeing that, you know? Um so those are all the series so far. Uh, we'll, like I said, we'll revisit this. Um, the Celtics game is on right now. Uh, they're actually up uh, 24-14, so they're, they're well ahead of them right now. Um, and, of course, a lot of you will be probably listening or watching this well after these games have been played. So I'll, I'll either be very wrong or very right at some point. Um, <laughs> um with all the per, the quote unquote predictions I've made, um, but anyways, uh, enough of the playoff talk. Uh, I just want to close out this episode and talk about the the NBA awards finalists. Um, so we'll start off with Coach of the Year. The finalists are uh, Coach Missoula for Celtics. Uh, uh, I'm gonna butcher this last name up, Mark D. Gun. Did did Diganult? I, I don't know how to say it. OKC's coach, <laughs> he's a finalist, and Mike Brown of the uh, Sacramento Kings. Uh, I I my if you know if I was betting on these awards or if I had to choose, I would have I would go with um, Mike Brown here, only because from where Sacramento came from last season to now, um, it's a complete one eighty. Uh, Missoula would be a great choice just because of what he had to take over and sustain the success of the Celtics from last season um, after all the off-season drama. Um, but, like, again, but that with all that said, like, he 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 was handed a team that was already successful and already built, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it wasn't like it was – he magically made them better. Um, so, uh, yeah. And then um, – Another uh, finalist list, uh, we have Malcolm Brogdon, Bobby Portis, and Emmanuel Quickly. Um, the favorite, my favorite to win this would be Malcolm. And it's not, I'm no homer shit on me on this end. I'm just saying, I think based on what I've seen this season, um, he's absolutely made a big difference of what they have done over in Boston. Um He's exactly what they've been looking for as far as somebody coming off the bench. And he's been very consistent all season um, playing the six-man role. So um, I can see him winning that award. Uh, next, we got Rookie of the Year. We, we I don't even need to name. I mean, I'll name the names, but um, Benchero is going to win it. That's without a doubt. Like, we're not going to have this debate. Like, Benchero's going to win that shit. But Walker um, Kessler and uh, Jalen Williams were the other um, finalists for the rookie of the year. Um, Most improved player. If it was up to me, most improved player would have been Jalen Brunson because although he had a good season last year, he had an even better season as an actual full-time starter. Um, I think he eventually started st- started to start for Dallas sometime midway point of the season, or he was, I don't know, he he really didn't have, I don't know, it's kind of the way it looked last year. It wasn't didn't seem like he was like the major focal point of the of that offense or that team, um, starting five until like some way halfway through the season last year, and 
Um, and with all that said, all his numbers went up um, from the following the, to the next season after actually signing a huge free agent contract, which is with all uh, with all of us know what we all know this. Like it's hard your first season as after signing a free agent contract to live up to the live up to the bill. So, but I think um, Markkinen will be the one to win this uh, award. Shy Gilgris, uh, Gildris, um, Alexandra, uh, Alexander. Uh, I be butchering names, and I apologize, kind of, sort of, maybe. But people butcher me, my name too. So fuck it. Um, but apologies. Uh, but he, him, I, I wouldn't give him that award because it's like. I kind of feel like we already know he's that damn good. Um, and he was injured last year. So I don't that, and this is the same thing I said about in the NFL when, with with Geno Smith. Like it wasn't that Geno Smith wasn't the best improves. He got more opportunities. So he was a to me, he's a breakout player. He had a breakout season, but doesn't mean he's the most improved. You know what I'm saying? Because he didn't improve from nothing from the season before. He didn't play. It's different if you didn't if you didn't if you did play and you just had a bad season and you suddenly had a bad couple seasons and suddenly you had a break like a very great season the third time around and now I can say yo you very you have improved your game. Gil Gildress Alexander like I feel like he he is what we thought he was gonna be. He's still a young player like I don't think a lot of people thought he was gonna be like not a good player or not live up to the, what he's doing now. So I don't know. I wouldn't pick him. I think marketing will be the one to win that award. To be honest with you. Um, we got three finalists for defensive player of the year, Evan Mobley, Brooke Lopez and Jaron Jackson jr. Um, we're going to have to go with Jaron Jackson on this one. He's had more of a consistent um, defensive season than the other three guys. Not to say they aren't, but um, you know, I, I like that pick um for defensive player of the year. Uh Brooke Lopez would be a close second though. I ain't gonna lie. And then we have the illustrious uh MVP finalist list and who I think would win it. And I'm sure a lot of y'all who are listening or watching this been hearing me kind of hint it, but um Joel Embiid I think would be the winner of this. Nicola Jokic and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, would we? Would any of us be mad if any of them three actually won it? I wouldn't. Like, I, I kind of would be cool with Joker winning again. I'm not gonna be like going on a campaign like Kendrick Perkins trying to prove a point of why you know Joel should win it and try to bring race into it and all this stuff like nah we ain't gonna do this like most valuable player means exactly what it means like you they are if you remove either one of those three guys from their team what would that team look like think about it and there's a reason why Jason Tatum's on that that finalist list and he had an MVP type season but you also have an all pro player that plays with you excuse me um not to say you know Joker doesn't have some perennial or potentially great players on his teams, nor do I, nor will I say the same for Joel. But you could take them two guys and Giannis out their teams, and 
they're not their teams don't look the same and they are the team they 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 their offenses are you know jump started by those three guys so but i think this year jojo definitely deserves it and um and i hope he does win that he it's much deserved it looks like he's he, he looks like a man on a mission this season for sure not to say he never was but for this season especially it absolutely looked like he was but um that concludes my episode uh again i apologize to <laughs> name butchering um i feel like i'm kind of like my brain is kind of a little all over the place after I got. Have y'all ever had a root canal done? Cause man, I, I maybe that's fucking me up in the head. I don't know. But anyways, I appreciate y'all for listening. As always, uh, do you my do me a favor, get on my YouTube channel. It's the same as my name, D E S P A I N. Uh, go ahead and subscribe, show some love and like, leave a comment maybe. Hey, I'm cool with. You know, creative criticism. Oh, excuse me, constructive criticism. I'm cool with that. Um, I'm not the most perfect at this, but I'm also. I'm, but I'm always gonna be on this mic, regardless of the fact. You know what I mean, this is my platform. I'm gonna use it to my liking. Whether I butcher some shit, or whether I'm saying some shit you ain't gonna like, or if I'm saying some shit you do like. Do you, do me a favor and just show some love. Or if you ain't if you don't fuck with sports or you don't care what I'm about to say or what I am saying, go ahead and share it to somebody else and make fun of me. I don't care. At least I'm doing this shit. And you're over there on the internet debating with a bunch of people looking for some type of fight to fight. Like for what? But anyways, much again, once again, once again, appreciate y'all. And I hope y'all enjoy these NBA playoffs. And we'll talk again. And uh see where my if my predictions were kind of right and i'll probably be recording another episode after game two and see where we are at the halfway point or close to the halfway point of these series and then we're gonna get into some some betting see see if we could get y'all to get some, win some money in these playoffs all right with all that said i appreciate y'all and salute enjoy y'all weekend this goes to all my hustlers entertainers Yeah, yo, 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 some get a little, some get none, shit, I was part of the some get none.